I'm just getting hammered here. Like, hello, welcome along the Muscle Hustle podcast. We Tony's tired. He came in. He came in last. He came in last week like a fucking jackhammer, full of caffeine, throwing knowledge bombs, and it's wiped the wee man out. Trying to manage my energy a bit better, so in the mornings I'm not taking caffeine for the first whack of the day, and then I'm using it a wee bit later towards my cutoff time. So I've been listening to loads of Andrew Huberman. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Uh, I'd have, I have. Yeah, a lot of people don't like his stuff, but I no, I like do him, like so. him. He's very salesy now. I yeah, loved him. Stuff. I loved him back in the day when he was. It felt like he wanted to to cure the world. Now, it, like he's always yeah, it's money and subs. Yeah, but that's he's yeah. he's a genius. He is a genius. Now, there's nothing he's ever said except for the anecdotal stuff that I've ever thought. And that's a wee bit weird. But everything else, especially when it comes to sleep and stuff, I think he's a nailed on. I do. I don't agree with his caffeine take, but because the human body can take a lot more caffeine than than he believes. Roughly for my height and weight, going off research, not Andrew, uh, I should be able to take about two to three hundred milligrams twice per day, so about five six hundred milligrams, and be completely fine long term, no issue at all. And I'm about an eighty five kilo male, so. But the the more the idea of it actually is that I rate the idea about the not having caffeine. Like the minute you wake up, I actually do rate that. Yeah, well, it becomes a crutch, doesn't it? Like people go, oh, I can't, I can't get my day started without a coffee, or I'm in a bad mood, I get a coffee. That 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 is that's addiction. No, that at that point, that's like that's like someone going, "Fuck lad, no, I can't handle not no going off the drink." That's an addiction. If you if you wake up in the morning until you get a coffee, you're a grumpy shite. That's a complete addiction. Yeah, I usually have. See, what I do is I wake up, I have a glass of water, and then I'll have a. I usually have a decaf. And it depends how much it depends on the decaf. Sometimes I leave it like, but it just depends if I really feel like I need it. And then I'll usually have my coffee about ninety minutes after, an hour after, and I just find it lasts me so much longer, like the kick. And I don't need to almost have because, like, I would end up having like I know loads of people have this, and I don't know if anybody else has it, but me, I bought a Sage coffee machine. There I was telling Mickey, and what I've noticed is some of my clients that have had Sage coffee machines. They tend to have like three double espressos a day. And then sometimes what I notice is if I tell them, Joe, cut down on the caffeine because we're going to start a diet and phase. So we want to, Joe, do a detox. They get fucking shakes and all because they're not fucking used to any fucking, de- like, do you know what I mean? They're not used to any sort of no caffeine. So uh, it's it's very, very interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, see, the other thing is too, your tolerance can build up over time as well. It's like if you don't, like drink alcohol for a while you can get drunk pretty handy and then the like if you're out every weekend your tolerance levels gets really high but like if three three double espressos a day is probably 550 550 milligrams of caffeine which depending on the as you said weight and size isn't the worst but then it's when other small things when there's caffeine coming out of other products like if the, they're not counting in tea they're not counting in pepsi max has a bit of caffeine in it and then maybe a pre-workout or you know something else it can soon start lamping up like yeah um, like that that's but then it also depends on what time you know what time you're taking your last coffee at as well you know 
I'm ve- I can take my last coffee up to about nine o'clock at night and still be s- I can still be sleeping pretty early. Oh, I couldn't do that. Say I if I'm if I'm DJing if I'm DJing at ten. Say if I'm DJing at ten and I'm finished. Say if I'll be home in bed at three. I could have my last double espresso about nine and I'll sleep. Not a problem. But then again, See, that is six hours. That is six hours later. Yeah, I suppose. But the ha- it takes thirty minutes. Depends if it's double express or something. Thirty minutes to get caffeine in your bloodstream, really to up like to get a hit, and then say like it. Sorry, it peaks thirty to forty five minutes, and then it's a seven hour half life of the drug. So only after five six hours is it halfway down. But I think it comes down as you said, like what you're used to and how you're used to running. I do think a detox every here and there. Do you ever get crashed from caffeine? No. What? Do you ever get a crash from coffee? I know, like everybody's got a crash from a pre workout. Pre workout, the crash. That's the reason I stopped taking pre workouts with caffeine. I find that they're they're like a, it depends obviously on where you get the coffee from. I think it depends on how strong it is. Like the higher the dose you go for, the more likely you are to get a crash. I think a lot of yeah, the cheaper like, the the cheaper the coffee, the bigger the the more caffeine normally. And by by rule of thumb, if you have, if it's a real strong coffee, it's a cheap ass bean. The better quality of bean is a more sustainable drink, so it's more sessionable. So there's slightly less caffeine. And that's that's the kind of rule of thumb. Yeah, it's one of them things where like I don't think people re- like some people don't take caffeine really that much at all. Uh, but it's I do feel like it, as you said, it depends on how high you go. Like pre workouts are usually two to three hundred milligrams minimum. Three hundred usually a lot of them have. Three hundred, three hundred used to be seen as like a super strong stim one but now 300 is kind of the just all the strong ones have 300 now yeah and like the, the thing is in my head with that like i am totally don't get me wrong like what's the best way to put this like 300 grams but most people don't if you ever weigh your pre-workout or you weigh any of your whey protein usually a scoop is overshot by serving size so like you could think you're getting 300 but you're actually getting 350 400 especially if it's not flat at the top and you, even with that usually they're a little bit over so it is one of them ones where you do get that crash and i think that's why timing it like for example if i have a cup at say i have a cup now at half 11 right and that's my first or say well no say i had my first cup woke up at six went for a walk all that shite have my first cup around eight and that'll last me probably like one or two and then i'll take a pick me up around two and that'll see me through and i don't mind if i'm like a wee bit tired around seven because i get into bed like around nine or ten anyway so uh, it's sort of like that balance of it i think it's it's obviously person to pen but yeah no i just speaking of energy i think even in terms of like trying to manage your energy through if you notice you do get like decision fatigue and stuff like removing decisions like laying your clothes out at night and all i know that sounds ludicrous but there's a reason like mark zuckerberg wears the same shit there's a reason like you'll notice that i'm usually in the same sort of similar gym kit uh, i think whenever you, you take that away decision fatigue you actually realize how much energy you have i i notice that a lot whenever i don't track food i stick meal plan like i just noticed that it goes so much easier not because that I already know what I'm eating for lunch. I already know what I'm having for dinner. And yes, you might get the old craving. So yes, you can swap stuff out. But seeing having a rough guide, it it actually removes a lot of the stress. To be honest, yeah. There's that uh, there's that anxiety where you say you're you've you're leaving the gym. You've done a good session. You're like, right, what's for my dinner tonight? And you're like, geez, I need to go to the shop. And then straight away, you're like, fuck. What actually? What a what do I have to get here? And you're you're starting to kind of freak out a bit because you know you've done the good work and you know you've kept yourself on track all day and you know there's a chance you're going into the spa here and you're going to fuck it up you're going to buy something or you're going to impulse buy something 
or you're going to take a protein bar or you're going to do something whereas if you had it all as as people do people I, I don't prep food but people that prep food know exactly when they come home they just grab it it's there it's ready to go you know it means that they don't have to go into spars or littles and and hit the bakery section you know they're minimizing the chances of going off plan whereas i wish if, and i wish i was into food prepping more i just it's just not for me i've tried many of the time i've done it before i've done it to great success i just don't like it um well, i'm a prepper all that day, you're all a prepper like so but i so i easy. wish i wish i really wish i could be a prepper because it would help me so much i just don't i just don't enjoy prepped food as much no we were do i nobody enjoys prepped food as yeah. much but it's the it's but the I, fact I, that it's fucking so much easier and quicker like i will throw like i've i've threw yesterday through and all at once i cooked six chicken breasts i think 500 grams of mince and say 600 grams of potatoes and that was literally my meals for three days done i was like i don't need to cook one thing and it was all done in 20 minutes and i was like that that was including veg and all like i ate a lot of cold veg but i was like see the fact that that's that done now what do you mean cold so... veg? what what do you mean cold veg like sometimes i'll just have like tomatoes lettuce spinach oh. joe red peppers and usually then i'll some stage maybe over the three days i'll air fry you know like maybe broccoli carrots cauliflower peas like i'll do a big mix batch uh, but like i eat like fucking you name a veg and i'm probably like i eat fucking beetroot every day you know all this sort of stuff but like i love all veg like i didn't used to and i think if you're not used to liking veg a really good way about doing it actually is just include one more wee bit here or there and then slowly over time you actually get more and more used to it and i think it's that saying of like the first time you ever drink coffee or drink or beer you never like it nobody ever has a taste for beer no. but then over over like trying to think so if you drink it think think drink or eat something five times it's okay if you eat it 10 to 20 times you, you adapt it and then if you eat it more naturally your taste buds slightly changed i'm almost sure yeah nobody i don't think anybody's ever woke up and or been born and going i love broccoli no chance. Not a mission. Not a fucking Or Brussels mission. sprouts. That's the thing. You, Kids you, never you like just... Brussels sprouts, but then adults normally do. Yeah. Do you know, it's one of the things where... It, it's, I think food also can remind you of occasions, like, for example, mince pies, Christmas, Joe, a cake, your birthday. So sometimes they can relate to, like, good experiences and stuff. Like, I always... We always used to eat the caterpillar cake for birthdays. So, like, every time I see it, I always remember, like, positive emotions. So I think that's where, like, emotional eating probably starts to an extent with a lot of people. And Never had a caterpillar process. cake. What? Never had one. What? A caterpillar cake. Oh, mate, they're such a shy. Are they good? They, uh, they're, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, like I quite like them. I like a big chocolate. Is that that's the M and S one or is it Asda? Is Asda the caterpillar cake? Uh, Colin the caterpillar. I don't know where Colin it's from. It could be Colin the. Let me type it in here. Caterpillar. It is from. I don't know. It's just for see. It says roll cake. British retailer Marks and Spencers for mm, Marks and Spencers. Uh, British retailer Marks. More than fifteen million Colin the caterpillars have been sold since nineteen ninety. Mad. They have, they have well, Percy the pig too. Geez, they're on a roll. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm more of a. Are you, I'm more of a, like a chocolate cake man. What are you? Lemon drizzle. I do love a lemon drizzle. Is the only real cake, cake too? Uh, no, lemon drizzle is only real cake I like. I'm not a big cake person. 
a more a, like a a more of a like a sweetie a tree bakey person like tree bakes would be my kryptonite tree bakes like a caramel square like a caramel square aye or, or a, bl- a blonde or a caramelita good fudge you brownie can, you can just tell I'm fucking that and hard because like this is where our <laughs> topics went to like food and now I'm I can, see, I can see in the camera Tony's eyes just glaring across Google here look there's his mouth open <laughs> no I know for fuck's sake right uh, what was the topics you, you make you pick the topics this week so well, we no, well I'd send we, we normally don't plan anything but we were sending across stuff and I had said about imposter syndrome and then I was listening to a podcast about imposter syndrome and how it's uh, a borderline personality disorder. How it's like it's pretty much been coupled in with it. But the the whole the whole premise of the podcast was um, was just, was imposter syndrome and how majority of people. Do actually suffer from it, but don't realise they suffer from it because it's it's been an ongoing thing from childhood or or from like from year dot. I would say, me and you could have very different views about this because I have a very strong view on imposter syndrome, and like it's it's one of these things where like every coach or fucking person starting out is is feeling it, and then they they go to me like, how do you get over imposter syndrome? And like I have very different ways, so I don't know if you want to. No, take no, your yeah, I think I think you you jump in. See, for me, if you feel like an imposter syndrome, like loads of coaches always come to me, and this is just the example I can relate to, and they go, I feel like an imposter with coaching. And I'm like, because of the start, you technically are. You're starting out coaching with fuck all experience, fuck all results, and you have to get people to buy into you. So you initially feel guilty because you don't have the experience, you don't have the 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 traits, you don't have everything that you've learned because you're at start. It's like, if I was to start saying, right, I'm a plumber today, well, yeah, that's dead on. But the thing is, I'm not really a plumber. I'm learning to be a plumber, but you still have to categorize yourself as that. So then you build this self-doubt. And the only way, like you'll always hear it, uh, Alex Ramosi says it, like the only way to build self-confidence in any discipline is to have an undeniable stack of proof that you are who you say you are. So whenever I say I'm a great fucking coach now, I have all my results to back it. So nobody can take that away from me. Whereas if you say I'm a PT and you have no qualifications, you have no nothing, then you're not. Whereas your identity is still wrapped up in how it was prior. So all that comes into play. And I feel like the only way to develop and get rid of imposter is time in the game with it. And then eventually it removes, but you only get it from leaning in 100%. Whereas I feel like people use it like a cop out, like, oh, like I've got this mental challenge of like, I'm not good enough for it. Everybody has that. I think it's given people like a victim mentality that like they're allowed to use it as like almost a cop out in any field. And that is actually my honest opinion on that. And that's very blunt for a lot of people, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is like, there is loads of different kind of types of imposter syndrome. But the main one, like the main like sort of entry level one is, is what you just said there now, that people feel that they're inadequate or or they're not they're not what they say they are to the certain level, which in a way is also they're just not like a lot of people don't aren't being honest with themselves too in life. You know, especially now with social media day and age where pe- everybody's online showing their best life technically people a lot of people are living an imposter lifestyle you know they're living beyond their, they're living beyond their means they're they're showing people a highlight reel of their life which hopefully hopefully that highlight reel is more than the 30 seconds you know hopefully their their life's a wee bit better than the 30 seconds they're showing but 
in reality so that that all could be an act that could be the best 30 seconds of their life or the of their day sorry and so technically they are living in imposter syndrome and technically they're 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 uh, showing the imposters they're, you know, they're they're living a lie in in general terms which is which is dangerous it's dangerous for their own mindset it's dangerous for their own mental health and um, because you could start believing your own shit and then when it's unraveling that's where that's where the issues start to to come together i like i know in the music industry it's full of people with imposter syndrome but it's also full of as i would call grifters who have managed to get to a certain level, a certain foothold in the industry without any real... I'm not going to say they don't have real talent, but they probably don't. Um, they've got there by different means, by, by who they know, not by what they can do. They've got there from inherited... Uh, inherited you know, via like one of, the, one of their friends is high up in the game, so they've got elevated up that way. But they get found like most times people do get found out in that regards. It doesn't last um for long. But I I I I would be the kind of same as yourself saying it sometimes people use it as a cop out. Like as a get out of jail free card. Um because they know they've they're they're reaching. You know, they're reaching to a level that Maybe they're not ready to step up. You know, like you, you'll have boys coming to you, Tony, that are making five hundred pound a month, and they're coming to you saying, "I want to make ten grand a month from coaching," and you know they're not ready for that. You know they haven't got their their ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah. You you have to. Uh, the best way I can explain. See, whenever you want to be something or you want to look a certain way, you have to already act like that individual. That's why, for example, to get into shape, you have to do all the things prior to getting into shape to get there. It's the same as like when somebody goes to me, they want to make a hundred grand a year. I'm like, you have to operate like somebody who makes a hundred grand a year. If you want to make a million pound a year, you have to operate like somebody like that. So, like for example, if I'm trying to move my property business right now from seven figures to eight figures. Like I can't operate the way that I did prior. What got you from A to B won't get you to C and D. Like that's as simple as it is. And you have to, and I love this saying, you have to outwork yourself doubt. You yeah. have to put in the work where it's undeniable. Like say I want to go on stage uh, fucking in June and I'm like, I'm not going to be good enough. Not, you have to work that hard that you're like, I've worked, I deserve this, I am this level, and you put in the shift. Whereas the only reason you'll feel like an imposter or you feel off in any balance, even in your relationships, or anything, is when you don't put in the work in any area. And I don't want this to turn into like a hard work podcast, but we all know we all fall down in areas of life, but then you can't cop out. And I feel like this is one of these things where it's very easy to start copping out with that because I, I would have went towards that. I think a lot of people would have a time periods and it's just one of them things where when you start to realize that people are throwing this term about that you can almost hop on it and like clasp on it and use as like a, oh, well, I've just, like I'm struggling with imposter syndrome. You're going to have it for the first while because technically you fall into that bracket. It's not imposter syndrome. Technically, you are an imposter until you, you prove your worth to yourself and others. And that will frustrate you. But if I turn around and I say, I am now a policeman. Well, I'm not a fucking policeman. I'm lying for my teeth. And you're not a coach and just because you put in your Instagram bio. You're not a DJ if you put it up. You have to DJ, you put in the work, put in the hard grind, and then you become that over time. It's like, best yeah. way I'm going to say is like an apprenticeship for to be a spark or a plumber. Like, 
you you can say you're a tra- that's why they call you a trainee not a or an apprentice for the first two years or so because technically you're not really it's like for, you know, uh, you're not a chef if you're doing uh meals on instagram you know what i mean it's you you can be a good cook you have good recipe ideas but it doesn't make you a chef it's the same i i had this conversation with a guy about djing maybe two or three weeks ago or maybe a bit longer and he used to be a fairly fairly well i'd say he got a couple of bookings a month but he, he was living the life and like he he was saying that i don't know he was giving another young dj a hard time or something and i i had kind of got wind of it and he was speaking to me about something and i said i heard you were giving this wee guy shay and he was like yeah he goes the fucking someone about like the wee boys out djing and we fellas doing no harm and i kind of said to him well you haven't DJed now and I would say a year nobody's booked you that wee fella's out DJing every week like he's part of the industry now he's part of the game you you aren't you know you're not in it anymore so you know just you know remember you were at that stage of your career once as well but he was going he's going through the phase of being the grumpy old he's not even an old DJ but he's going through the grumpy old DJ all these young fellas coming and taking our jobs or whatever but he he's got a different type of imposter syndrome where he's I think they call it the perfectionist or it's one of them ones annoying because they were talking about in the podcast where he's looking at other people going they're not as good as me why not no no he's got it where he's almost at a level where he's like I'm a genius compared to these guys they shouldn't be at my level why are they getting gigs and I'm not getting gigs so he's got it in a kind of in a different in a different way where that's where it comes into the personality disorder, where it goes less from. It's it's a it's a more deeper, a deeper 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 thing where it's more dangerous. Where there is a there is a sign there is a certain element of imposter syndrome that can become a bit dangerous, um, where it starts to actually become a. Uh, like almost a mental illness whereas he's at that point now where he is getting really aggressive towards younger DJs um, and it wouldn't have been like him in the past but he just doesn't see he doesn't see what he's what he's turning into in, in a way and it was funny when I, when I came across that podcast I was listening to it and they were talking about you know, all the different types of of imposter syndrome I've, and I've actually I've, I've brought a few of them up so there's like this, the expert there's the soloist there's the natural genius there's the superman superwoman and then there's the perfectionist when I was kind of reading into them I was thinking of people that's kind of a wee bit like that but you would never really put it down to imposter syndrome but it kind of is it's like they're overcompensating that's another like a thing where they're overcompensating, the which is danger, which is a dangerous tool. It's more. It's I think it's more dangerous when you don't, you don't realize you have like an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, it's one of these things where in your mind, like, the, there's so many nuances between like 
where your headspace is, where everything else is. And like, there's so many imposter syndrome links and a bit of anxiety, stressful overthinking. And like, it's very, very tough to like get somebody to lock in and change these thought processes. But the first step of anything, like anything is being self-aware. And yeah. if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a very self-aware individual. Yes, you might enjoy crack, but you need to watch the the gaps you fall into because when you're heightened self-aware, you can pick holes in yourself yeah. a lot easier than say somebody who just scooters along in life. And this yeah. is one of these things that people fall into, like us, where you you almost pick yourself apart, you're self-critical. You'd be like, I have this, I have that, I have low... Con-. The more you tell yourself you have these things too, it's like if I tell myself I'm a loser every day, you rehearse that. Your brain slowly, the neuroplasticity of your brain, like if you keep telling yourself something, I'm ugly, I'm not good looking, I'm not worthy, whatever it is, I'm small, I'm never going to be in shape. The more you do that, the more it shows, it's shown in studies that your brain rewires re- 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 itself. <laughs> We was rewires itself to believe that. That's why, for example, like that's how confidence builds. That's how people do things mentally that they maybe struggled with before. It's because you build that discipline, you build that muscle, and it slowly comes together. And that's where people fall down and they end up shooting themselves in the fuck because they're not being smart with. Uh, it's being honest with really, yourself too, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. It's it's just looking at yourself and going, "Am I am I falling in this pitfall?" Because I feel like you can end up being like, "Oh, that's just me." It's like when somebody says like. Uh, Oh, like I just don't have confidence, or I'm just quiet. Like you, you might be, but you can slowly, slowly like adapt and improve like, these things. If I said to you now, are you? I don't put you on the spot here. Are you the number one online coach in Northern Ireland? I would say yeah, no doubt. Resu- say results based online coach in Northern Ireland. I would just say I'm, yeah, like I would the number say, one. I would say not in terms of competition prep or like if you're. But that's not that's not 50, but that's but, not your thing, like. Yeah, but like say you're 18 to 35, you're a male or female and you're you're like, I'm struggling to get results. I've been to a couple of coaches, like I'm your man, like I am, and yeah. I'll say that now. But you can say that, but you can say that with pure confidence. And if oh, someone absolutely. and if someone was gonna call you out on that and go, You're not, you can go, but boom, 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 evidence, 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 evidence. Show me your like the reason I say that is because I have that stack of undeniable proof with yeah the the testimonials of videos that I don't don't ever post and all the before and afters and how everything's built in my education and it's one of these things where I just be like that proof is undeniable so you can't take that away from me it's like it's like owning a building it's like that that is mine like you can see that I this is my rightful spot now if somebody else surpasses that that's dead on but that's why you'll see loads of people with these massive followings still earning fuck all because you might be a coach on Instagram you might have decent following or you might be X and go went viral but that doesn't give you the authority to charge decent or do anything. Now, I don't want this to turn into a business podcast. Let's uh, dive into like more jam pop stuff. Uh, but it's it's the same as like the, even walking up to somebody in the bar and trying to chat them up if you're a man to a woman. Like the more you, you rehearse things, the more you dive into it. The, the, whereas you'll feel like an imposter the first time you do it, but it's just rehearsing back to that and then building yourself up and telling yourself, I am fucking good at this, even if you're shit. And eventually you will build that drive. If you study it, you learn it, you, you become better at anything. And you know that, like that's how you pick up a language. Nobody picks up a second language by naturally being good at it. Like it's it takes time. Yes, people pick up certain things a wee bit faster, but nobody is a natural, mainly a opinion no no what was the what was the other you'd say that weird topic to me mickey and i'm gonna be honest I, it was so strange what was it topic it was the other half of this the imposter syndrome and something else and i was like what borderline personality I, disorder i didn't even know what the fuck that was and then i replied to you, you do you just don't know you do because as if i've got this borderline personality problem no 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 well i'll tell you some of the it's it's see it 
borderline personality disorder is like it's there's it's just like it, it's 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 what what would be the word? It's something that they've realised that people had that sometimes they would have like brushed under the carpet for years. You know, it's sort of um, it's it's sort of like an emo. It's a more it's an emotionally thing. It's an emo- emotionally thing. It's an emotional thing. Whereas uh, they would it wouldn't have been it would have been what's the word? But not misdiagnosed for years and years. You know that sort of way, where it's more it's more being di it's more being you know diagnosed correctly now, whereas for years it was all just always like put into different different sections and like oh he's depressed or he's done this he's got that but really it was uh it was more stuff like um you know I'll just read you some of the things here so it's like some of the kind of people experience some of these things so feel worried that people's going to abandon you intense emotions that last a few hours or a few days insecure about who you are uh really hard to keep stable relationships feels empty acts impulsively doing things that could harm you binge eating drugs alcohol self like self-harm majority anger majority of people follow in that line, like, like yeah yeah like but there's so many people and it was just it's kind of becoming a hot topic at the moment because they're actually they've realized now that instead of lumping everybody into one group there's different there's different subcategories that need very different help and very different ways to kind of communicate with it if it's self-care if it's you know if it's like if it's the therapy if it's talking therapy if it's hypnotherapy if it's different things Whereas before, the NHS especially would have lumped everybody in together and went, "Oh, just go do this." Whereas the only one they really didn't like an eating disorder was was wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was coupled in with with personality disorders. I don't know. Do you not feel like though, like some days you wake up and you're just different? Like for example, like I, if I wake up and I'm hungry, I could be moody. And then if uh, I wake up and I'm in, I can be in really good form and full energy. And then some days I just need to take time to myself. So like, there's days where like you know, I feel like yeah, you're ever evolving. Like if I want to stay high energy, I have to keep leaning in. I have to keep yeah. focusing on myself. There is, there is that. There's also like it or lump it, right? I think life is a lot harder these days. And I don't know if it's a, a, a after lockdown shit or what it is or or it just feels life is harder in general for people. No, people aren't. I know people aren't as happy, but, but then it's hard to be as happy when you know you're getting all you're getting is negativity on TV and negative, negative, nev- negative, and you're still a lot of people still got that lockdown anxiety still in their heads and there's a wee bit of eggshell still stuff but it, but it just uh, seems like yeah it just seems like life is slightly harder for people at the moment well see the thing is it's 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 i feel like right now it's it's also seen as like 
it's right now i also feel it's the way as you said it's the way we live more so than the exact terms because like we probably had a cursier than ever like most people have a roof over their head most people have a job yes it might have been, might have been cheap to get mortgages before but more people now than ever go on holidays can travel there's there's a lot of pros and cons i feel like it's more so the fact that majority of people a uh, are constantly getting hit with like short-term gratification so like for example like they're they're not focused on anything that doesn't give them dopamine in the long run like that's why for yeah. example like you you notice people will like really good example is like see i was out doing steps this morning and i was like on the very last say loop of my lap or wherever i'm walking to uh, i was like once i hit seven thousand steps i can walk to the shop and get a drink and that sounds so stupid but that response keeps you going that dopamine hit them when you get the drink versus if you just reward yourself for nothing all the time then you for example like you're you're subjected to compulsive behavior that's why for example when you think about it you pick up your phone and check it and even open instagram even though four minutes ago you just checked it it's it's compulsive and because you're looking at any sort of dopamine hit and it, i think it does make sense that you train yourself that you're not chasing dopamine that's why people chase you know, food they chase uh, highs on drugs like a really good example is that's one of the reasons why i feel like after i was in uni i got a really bad head spin because you're getting dopamine for literally just taking a tablet and eventually that catches up with you because that's the quickest way you were getting your hits versus long-term gratification of a relationship that matters or building a physique or a business or even just spending time focusing on like right every week i'm going to go for a walk or get a coffee with my mom them sort of things build up your your dopamine releases so that it happens you get it with caffeine that's why a lot of people get hooked but but it, if you like can control that like uh, like as devil's advocate like mine's yeah. now as well no because i'm a fucking gym bro now and yours like, like we love the gym and that's a dopamine hit for us but it's a healthier one because it's a healthy you know people there's some people when it, some people like the gym becomes an addiction and it becomes an unhealthy habit which is mad saying that out loud but it's true um but if you can control it it's a very it's a very healthy way to get a dopamine hit like people that go running get their dopamine hit cold plunges you just get your dopamine hit via that don't know how but you just do you know it's mad like that can also become a negative if you bring it too far to the other direction it's shown uh, in studies too that like the dopamine hit from certain things last longer too like for example like that's one of the reasons why i didn't realize but i done cohort dips is because it's the feeling after it's not the feeling during or the discipline it's, it, it's yes it's definitely not the feeling during it's it's shown that like the dopamine hit is one of the longest you get because it's very similar to like for example whenever i was in the fire service it's a complete adrenaline response so then afterwards you get this real satisfaction dopamine and that that can tend to last hours and hours like long it's a slow curve whereas when you take a drug or you take something else or you you do an instagram you get a very small hit that is a spike and that's why you constantly want more quicker and you need to constantly top it up whereas when you get something that's longer term like that's one of the reasons why i notice i never use my phone after a dip and i love it for that reason like i don't I, it almost rewires that thought process in my head without me realizing it and you stay more present and that's probably one of the things like i always really good conversations after i'm just more there it's like a sugar hey. head no no yeah, no like no no, no i know i mean like instagram's like a sugar hit yeah where it's I like it goes up and then it comes straight back down it's like a spike it goes up and down but um uh cold dip is like a prolonged high 
Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like, I definitely think there's, there's, it's, it's, it's a different gravy of a game plan. Like, it, would it you, does. We side note. Would you ever take mushrooms, Tony? I've never taken them. Would I take them now? Probably not. I'm not a massive fan of things like even too much drink that like remove me from myself. Like, uh, like no, I mean, like, I mean, like uh, microdosing. Because not just when you said about Andrew Huberman, because I know he's a he's a big advocate, advocate, advocate. For me, I'm into cognitive enhancers like Alpha GPC, Hyperzine A, stuff like that's absolutely yeah, one. I haven't tried what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? It's a study drug. Uh, Adderall? There's a higher version of that. You don't, uh, don't want to take that. Study drug, what the fuck is the name? Uh, it's, it's a level up from Adderall. Adderall. Uh, it begins with M. Somebody will know it in the thing. It begins a uh, study drug. I'm going to type this in. Study drug beginning with, with is it M? I think it's M. I'm almost sure. Rat, Ritalin? No, Modafinil. Uh, well, it's a, no, it's just a different brand. Adderall and Modafinil is just different brands. Well, it says here that, where does it say? It says you, you get uh, addicted to, you'd get addicted to that shit. It's, it's medication approved to treat narcolepsy. What's that like? Night? What is that? Narcolepsy is falling asleep. So it's the it's the, oh it's to stop you falling asleep. Ah, you know, like you know, people that just fucking falls asleep, like sit down in the sofa because it, it it's shown in studies to improve awareness, cognitive function, memory, quicker reaction times, and even helps with weight loss because you can't you don't eat as much. Uh, the isolated groups, one such being chess players, which showed that a low dosage proved the drug's efficiency outside of the US is thought to be the most popular study drug due in part because it's widely available online. Uh, now, I've noticed, though, that people in my close circle that have taken this, I've seen them take it before tests. I've seen people do it before courses uh, or even at, at events. And what, what I notice is the best way I can explain it is like every single drug, it takes almost the focus from the day after and puts it into that day. So, for example, like if you take it on a Sunday or say a Monday morning, you take it Tuesday is going to be super unproductive because you've literally stacked all your energy into that Monday unless you're going to roll for it and just roll through. Now, that's absolutely insane. But I do think it would obviously, don't get me wrong, I believe that everything has its time and place. But stuff like that, you have to be you're very, ma- very mindful of. Dave Portnoy is a big uh, Adderall Modafinil guy. And if you watch the video with Dave Portnoy, he's fucking wired to the moon. But in yeah, a good way, he's just sold his company for a couple of hundred million. So, it, you know, he knew how to use the thing. But um, I think Andrew Santino, Andrew Santino, I think he's a big, big talker about it. And Dana White does too. Um, you can get very addicted to it. But it's good for people with ADHD, I think. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fully know. I know there's a lot of them. There's like a, I, it says here Adderall. I don't know how Ritalin's in there. They're all pretty. Uh, they're all pretty much the same. But they're they're made by different companies because I know Modafinil's uh, Pro, Provigil, Provigil, Provigil is I'm pronouncing it wrong. Provigil is the brand, and then Modafinil is their version of it. But the 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 it's the, it's always the same chemical. You know, it's whatever. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but it's always the same chemical. It's just like Modafinil's bigger in the UK as Adderall is like the American one, and then there's different ones. Um, but I think they're all illegal. I'm pretty sure they're all legal. They all are legal. But I remember years ago years. there was loads. <laughs> years ago, this must be 26. You're probably a student when this happened. Do you remember someone in Queens got caught selling it? 
like they were like churning it out to the fucking PhD students. I, I, there was some fella was like, they thought he was dealing drugs in McClay Library, but he wasn't. He was dealing. Well, he was technically dealing drugs, but he was fucking churning out Madafino. See, I believe that if see if I took it, I'd probably feel like I would lose. Like I would have to take it for life because I feel like I would lose focus. Uh, well, that's the problem. Right? That's the problem. Every drug, isn't it? You, yeah, like, you become, you know, like how you be- are you supposed to study after you've used it once? I feel like it would help you massively, but then you're sort of shooting, you're cutting the legs out from under yourself unless you're going to use it quite often. Like, for example, like with Modafinil, it says here 10% or more uh, suffer a lot of nausea during it, 10% roughly struggle with, uh, I can't pronounce all these, but abdominal pain, mouth ulceration, flatulence, constipation, dry mouth, bad diarrhea. One to two percent of every time you take it, so one out of a hundred times you get reflux, vomiting. Uh, you get also the odd time there's some sort of abscess that develops. Now, very rare, all the other stuff I don't really overly believe in it. And a headache is up to 34 percent likely. That's dehydration, that's so, pure. Yeah, like amnesia is one percent. So, like, I don't get me wrong, I don't think there's any downsides if you need to use it for one day and you're taking the next day as a potato, that's absolutely fine. But I, 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 I'm the sort of lunatic that would be like, I need this every day, I need this, I can't get going with this. Would you have to? Uh, so, you have don't get me wrong, maybe down the line, if you, if, uh, do you know what, if you probably, if you kept a really low dose or something, I'm sure you'd be all right. But for me, it's one of the things like right now, I, I'm in a really good flow, really good headspace, and I've seen people take it and I've seen how warped in they get. Like, I've seen people not be able to eat for like seven, eight, nine, ten hours. Like, they actually can't eat. Would you, but I've never seen people more switched on my life. It's scary. Like, would you have taken pre workout every stem pre workout every day when you when no, you're on never, the stem? I, you a cycle that sort of individual. I don't think it's needed. I think that's like putting, giving yourself a, like right now I'm in a hard dieting phase. And before that I was maybe having one coffee a day and now I'm up to two coffees a day and a non-stim pre-workout. Whereas for a long time period, I knew I was going to start dieting. So I wasn't using any stims. I wasn't really using any non-stim pre-workouts. So now I'm using like my tools as needed. So like, for example, like why would you use them tools if they're just, it's not. Tools. Tools. Like I like to call them tools in the toolbox, you know, like, what are you laughing at the way I'm pronouncing that? <laughs> Say it again. Tools. <laughs> Why? How, how do you pronounce it? Say it again. Tools. 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 I'm saying it like toes, am I? Tools. Tools. You're saying I'm real Americanized. Tools. Me have to, I fucking speak for about three years when I was younger and you're giving me stick. This is pure <laughs> verbal abuse. That's, Never heard the likes of it. That is unreal. Here, we've made up a few questions here. What do you see? If you've got questions far away, because I'm absolutely fucking Hank Marvin, so the sooner this is wrapped uh, up, folks. Right, we'll see it. See what we've got, see what we've got, see how we're moving, see how we're grooving. That's not a real question. These no joke likes. These no joke likes, Sandy. What is it? You know that, uh, that, the anonymous Q&A, you know, sometimes they send you questions. I didn't know that. Do either of you have trust issues? Yeah, I think I think I I would initially like it takes a lot for me to trust somebody, not in terms of relationships and stuff, but just in terms of like it, you have to not prove your worth, but like it would take me it takes me a long time to develop a, a real deep friendship or anything with an individual because I'm so close to other people. You, I've got that to categorize against. Yeah, I do. I do honestly always give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like I hate when people say this person's a cunt because of X, Y, and Z, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. That's their personal view. But until that person, now I'll always be aware of it. 
But until that person does something on me, I'm always like, right, there's your story, there's their stories, and there's the truth. So yeah. I like to I like to give people a eyeball because if, if something like that was said about me, do you know, like, for example, I talked to Tony McLeavy once, he was a stuck-up cunt or he was a prick. I would like people to be like, well, do you know what? Like, I've only heard one bad thing about him. He seems to give a lot of content online. Like, right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Whereas I feel like when you don't, you're, you don't you don't deserve it yourself. Yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the kind of same. Um, I, if you, you know... It depends on who told me, give me advice on the person says, if you says, oh, stay clear of that person, I would probably take take it on more. Uh, but if, like, yeah, exactly. I, I would always make my own mind up on a person and I, w- I probably would judge them, like, but I wouldn't judge them as harshly until I made my own mind up. But then also, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I have trust issues at all. Like, I just, you know, I would, I would build up my own idea pretty fast of the person in general you know people can change people can change for the best and change for the worst just because you're an angel now or an angel before doesn't mean you're an angel now you know yeah well that that, but, that like Joe I, like if my sister says or my mum or dad like I take their word as mine so yeah, that's fine yeah. I'll believe them but if I hear it in pass and I'm like nah like that's not that's not enough for me personally I I I'm the same. I just go here. I'll just make my own mind up, and if it is the same, so be it. And if it's different, like you know, that's it. Like even so, like some of my some people, if you always have a person in your friends group where you kind of go, he's a good mate, love him to bits. Probably, if I was to meet him now in the street, probably wouldn't even like him. But you know, he's just one of the boys, or he's one of the one of the group. You know, everybody's got everybody's everybody's got them people in their lives that it's just like here. If I was to meet them now, I probably wouldn't even speak to them. But we've been friends from we're eight years old, and that's just the way it is. But yeah, there's, we'll let you go get your dinner, Tony, or lunch, breakfast. Yeah, breakfast. breakfast what what breakfast, is breakfast? breakfast? Enlighten people. What's breakfast looking like now f- for the tea dog? Well, today's a rest day, so it'll be high fat, high uh, protein at today this morning. Keto. What keto kid? Uh, yeah, well, I try and hold off my carbs a little bit, so people are gonna hate this, but I reckon it'll be about two hundred grams of fat, five percent fat free mints. Uh, it'll be, it'll be. I know, I know, I know. Two bags of cauliflower rice. It'll be onions, peppers, mushrooms, spinach, lettuce, red and white onions. I think I might have said that. Tomatoes. And I'll probably have a bit of maybe leave the beetroot to later in the day, and that is probably about eight or nine, seven, eight, nine veg already in the first meal. And uh, the other meals are literally chicken and that same combo. Except I'll get a, a couple hundred grams of potatoes with each chicken meal, and then I've got uh, two sort of protein-based whey meals. One is with oats, and one is with berries and dark chocolate and peanut butter. So all my fats are really, really fucking healthy. All my carbs are fucking really slow to like. If you're hungry. Potatoes. That's that's going to be the highest satiety food you can get overall. So that's all you should. What eat way do you take your potatoes, baby potatoes? Uh, so I cut them up and put them in the air fryer. Put buffalo, Cajun, we put a peri peri on them and get them all crispy. They're beautiful when you slice. Do you them up boil chips. them first. No, just straight and raw. Mate, I don't. I'm I'm lazy. If the t- and they taste great, so I put them in for ten minutes max heat and three or four minutes on the crisp, and they're done. Class. There are people enjoy that. That was a very weird podcast, but different. If you want us to go over a specific topic, we'll keep it. We'll keep it uh, anonymous. But send us through topics because we'll enjoy these. I uh, send us through topics. We're 
doing a couple of lives next week. We're doing, we're, doing li- we're doing lives next week, yeah. So please get them in. We'll do maybe uh, some Q and A's. Maybe do something different. So give us some funny questions or something mental. Give us whatever the fuck. I right, give us we'll give. It, I will we'll do we'll do a uh, a serious one and a funny one. Um, I'll do Q and A. I'll do Q and A, and I because we can use that easily. That'd be great. A Q and A for one of them would be great. Aye. Give us some updates and some of the mad shit that happened in the last Q and A's. If you're listening. Yeah, so see, look, see who's done a runner. I'd say the boy, the boy who's sleeping with the boss, and he's gone. See, he's gone. But right, I'm going to go, going to go to the gym, doing legs. That's a one. Go smash it uh, as usual. Make sure you share your story, tell your friends, and rate and review, and make sure you tune into the YouTube's that the big man's posting now because you get a bit more in depth. Eh? <laughs> he's plugging. Look at him plugging. I go into his YouTube. He done a good one about what's in the boot of his car, Lordy. Hilarious. I know. <laughs> seriously, I find that interesting though. Like, uh, I know it was. Him. It was good actually. I, that that was one of the ones I watched. Um, it wasn't about the boot of your car. It was what's in your gym bag? Yeah, it was what's in my gym bag. But like, I'm like just before we dive off. Like, I'm not pushing YouTube super hard, but like, I'm trying to post once a week in it now to build up depth. But like, I'm already up from 500 subscribers to 880, and I want to. I really enjoy this because it's me starting again almost. Yeah, and that's a new audience. That's different depth. You can see not many are coming over from Instagram and stuff. Uh, like I'm only getting four or five hundred views a video and people are like that's not worth it but you need to realize like this is going to take like a year of consistent maybe two years of consistent posting you'd be like well, what's worth it but then that's how you build your businesses like that's how you build them with building yourself over time building journeys like it, it, you, you, like I'm not expecting this to pay me within a week like I'm actually pumping hundreds in here to get this going yeah and that's the main key you know like you're not doubling down I feel like an imposter on YouTube but I'll get there with time um, look, the thank new, you very much for tuning Jake in Paul that's me he's right. eating already he's eating already <laughs> he's eating already right we're away good luck